This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Are we doing this? We're doing it. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Confident Collective Podcast. This is our very first episode. I'm Christina, by the way. And I'm Rayanne, just in case you didn't know our voices. This is crazy. We are so excited. This has been such a long time coming. If you follow us, you know, because you probably have heard us tease this for like a year. Literally We've a year. Like, we're launching a podcast for a year and it's finally happening. But Ray, we did it. We're here. High we five, girl. I'm Woo. so excited for us. Um, Rayan, I think we need to tell everyone how we met because it is kind of an interesting story, don't you think? It is a little of, dramatic. You kind of scared the shit out of me. I did scare the shit out of you. Oh my God. So we, <laughs> when I first moved to LA, I was with this modeling agency and, um, I was sent to this casting and it was a little bit weird. It was at like an apartment building, which any girls of you are trying to be a model, don't go to castings at an apartment building. It was sketch as hell. She's saying it nicely. Your agency should not send you to a creepy apartment building in downtown LA. No, no. But I was like new and naive and whatever. I was coming out of the casting and got into my car. I'm sitting in my car, probably like pulling up the navigation on my phone or something. And someone knocks on my window and scares me to death. And it's Christina. <laughs> I was like literally texting my agent as I was there. I was like, this can't be right. Like, why, why am I in an apartment building? I mean, this doesn't feel safe. Like, this doesn't seem legit. First of all, I'm here trying to be on the cover of Vogue. Okay. Like, <laughs> they're not casting me in some creepy downtown LA apartment building. And then I see Ray walking out in a black spaghetti tank top and jeans like the model uniform, the model uniform. And I was like, Oh, okay. She's here for this too. And I banged on her window and she was like, did you go in there? I was like, just so startled. I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And then I'm like, yeah, you can go in. Like I promise it wasn't creepy, whatever. And then literally my agent calls me and she's like, did, did you talk to Christina? She's another model. She's, she's one of my uh, difficult models. I just (laughs) need to make sure she's happy. And I'm sitting there thinking, who is this bitch? Like, what? Oh my gosh. My agent was terrified of me. Terrified because I would not... She was the worst. She was the worst. She was so bad and literally did nothing for me. And I booked all these jobs on my own. And I mean, that's what you have to do. You have to like hustle for yourself out there. So I kept hustling. And we'd be like, hey, listen, like I just booked this. I just booked this. I just booked that. And she's like, how? I'm like, you tell me you're supposed to be doing this for me. So anyways, I was not having this. She thought apartment. you were such a diva. And I, I just know. left thinking, who is this girl? And then a couple of weeks late, oh, my timeline might be off, but I went into your DMs and I was like, let's get lunch. And we met up at Jones on third. Oh my Studio gosh, I forgot City. about that. That was my first time having the Chinese chicken salad. Oh, I'm actually can't believe I introduced you to the Chinese you did. salad because you've introduced me to so many LA things. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to remember that now. Yeah. So, and that's where I think our friendship began. And then we just saw each other at events and it kind of went from there, right? Yeah, definitely. I think that something that has really worked well for us is that we've always been friends, but always looked at each other as colleagues as well, too, because Mm -hmm. we're both in this influencer industry Mm -hmm. and it is a business. And something that I've loved so much about you, and I feel like from the get-go, and we've both had this like 
great rapport where it was like, okay, we're both in the same sort of like body positive space that we're both plus size models. Like we're both fashion influencers in LA, like let's help each other out. And I feel like we've always been like super willing to share information, willing to share contacts and just like have this really collaborative relationship that has translated into more of a friendship, obviously. Yeah. And I think too, like I... I think, oh my gosh, we're, I'm going to get like a little cheesy here. I hope you're ready. Oh I my gosh, like, I can't wait. I love the cheese. I feel like I also, you've taught me so much as just <laughs> like, like it, with the agent, like standing up for yourself, being a boss and not being like timid or scared to say things. So I feel like in the business capacity, you've taught me so much in that regard. And I'm so thankful for that. And um, I definitely, it's so cool when you have like a friendship where you also like look up to them and like you, they're a role model. You're a role model for me. Oh my so. gosh. Thanks girl. Likewise, oh. I appreciate that. Oh my gosh. Full on cheese ball over here. Ray and I one day got coffee at this little spot in West Hollywood called conservatory. And what do I always call it? Commissionary? You call it commissary all the time, oh. which everyone messes it up. That's another one too. Every time. As we, as this podcast continues, we'll drop all the LA hotspots. So just take notes as we go along. We'll have to do like an <laughs> LA list one time, but so far we've named Drop two pretty cool spots. Yeah. Um, but we were at conservatory one day and we we're just kind of like thinking about business and in general and like, what do we want to do with our lives? And we're like, and I remember being like, I just want to like reach more women in like such a more collaborative way, like a, a way to like be really inclusive with them, meet people in person. And Rayanne was like, I know I want to do that too. And we were talking about like, oh gosh, wouldn't it be so cool to have like workshops and retreats or like maybe like help girls with photo shoots because for both of us modeling and being in front of the camera was so, so important to our confidence journey at least for me right you too right yeah I mean I think in that first conversation we were like we would love to have women come in and kind of have the model experience and do a photo shoot and have photos that make them feel fucking amazing because that is such a huge confidence booster and we were just both really looking for a way to like go deeper with these communities. Absolutely. And then I was like, I think I want to do this. Ryan's like, I know I want to do it too. We're like, let's do it. Should we just (laughs) do it together? Yeah. And that's kind of how the Confident Collective started. I know. It's crazy. And it's been almost a year now. Isn't that so crazy? It's been over a year, really, since that conversation. It's been over a year and it's been incredible. I mean, we almost, I'm going to say we did run a half marathon. Oh my gosh. I'm going to say we ran a half marathon too. (laughs) We trained for the Nike 13.1, which was one of the most incredible and powerful experiences of my entire life. Mm -hmm. Literally, Ray, I could not run down my block before that journey. The fact that like I got to 10 miles is so beyond me. I just, I'm like, wow, our bodies are so amazing. Incredible. And I think, so basically we were uh, Nike sponsored us to lead a group of women to run a half marathon here in LA. And the group of women honestly was so amazing. And it was like, this is why we're doing what we're doing. The connections we made and like pushing through physical and mental roadblocks and like barriers together was honestly transformative for me and just such a special, cool experience. I cried so much through that journey, like out of happiness, just like out of pure shock, out of exhaustion a little bit too, out of some pain here and there too, but mostly just out of like being so proud, Mm -hmm. proud of our whole group 
proud of like our growing business, proud of my body and proud of like the mental strength that we were putting ourselves through. Yeah. It was so cool. Unfortunately, COVID happened. COVID happened. And what now here we are. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was a fail, but we will get there again one yeah, day. We'll do it one day. And sure. now hopefully our community has grown a little bit more. So hopefully more of you can join as well. Yeah. But we're just so excited. This The Confident Collective has been um, just such an important piece of our lives and our business. And now this podcast is going to be the next big step. And we are going to have some really deep, raw, funny, uh, serious, impactful conversations on here. Ray and I were like, what do we want this podcast to be about? And we're like, we want it to be like everything that we talk about, everything that you share with your best friends, some things that you don't want to put on the internet, but yeah, obviously want to have those real intimate conversations and just be so vulnerable and honest. And we are so excited. Ooh. So excited. So obviously this is our first episode. So we kind of wanted to get a little teaser. We asked you guys online to ask us some questions and y'all sent in some very, very good ones and some real fun and juicy ones. So we kind of selected a few just to give you a little teaser of what to expect from the podcast moving forward. Would you say? Yeah. I mean, this, the the questions you guys sent were so helpful because it gave us so many ideas for upcoming episodes. So we're just going to answer a few of them right now. And obviously we can't do like a total deep dive in this episode, but we will cover these topics for sure more in future episodes. And we're so excited. Some of these questions really were good and funny and juicy. Wait, can I be really honest with you for a second? Something that I was thinking about as I was driving over here. What? Okay. So just so you know, Ray and I are obviously doing this podcast, but we have someone who's helping us on the editing side. And he's like this really, really nice man in Georgia who's like, so friendly and sweet and just like, seems like just like an innocent, nice man who's been super helpful for this journey. But so many of our questions are like really raunchy and like about sex and intimacy. I and I was like, oh my gosh, Jody's going to edit this podcast. I was like mortified driving over here. I was like, whatever, Jody. I did not even think about that. <laughs> but Jody, we love you so much. You're going to know so much about us. <laughs> also, my mom on the way here, she's like, so how can I listen to this podcast? And um, mom, if you're listening, stop. Stop now. <laughs> turn it off. We need to have like parent, like a warning for our parents to turn it off because I do not need my mom to know about when I lost my virginity. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to have my brother block my mom's podcast feed oh. on her phone. Okay. So we received so many questions about intimacy and relationships. And just so you know, we are having a sex therapist on to like get... Oh, down and dirty. I'm going like, to have my notebook out for that one. I seriously. know, right? And really dive into it. But one question that we received was, how long did you guys wait after meeting your partners to have sex with them? Ray, you want to go first? Okay. Well, <laughs> I am single, but I've only had one serious, serious boyfriend. We were together for um, seven years. And I... um met him through a mutual friend. So we knew each other for a little bit, but at this time, I don't, no one really knows about this about me, but I always was going to save myself for marriage. I did not know that. What? I know. I went to Christian school, kindergarten through eighth grade. And my, you know, my faith definitely is still very important to me. Um, but you know, you grow up and eh, things change. It's a little bit harder to stay celibate, you know, when you have those, those urges. Um, so Ben and I dated for not that long. I really let it go pretty easily, to be honest. 
honest with you. You're and- like, I'm saving myself for the second date. No, it was like, I think I made him wait like a month and a half. Um, So I lost my virginity. Yeah, after like a month and a half. Actually, we weren't even technically dating now that I think about it. It was college in a twin bed in my dorm room. Wow. But then we were together for like seven years. So yeah, so it worked out. It worked out. The twin bed though. The twin bed. And he was like, he was English. And I just thought he had so much experience with girls. He was like this bad boy English guy. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like a virginal Christian girl from Colorado. And uh, God, I felt so guilty after, but then I got over that pretty quickly. Wait, it's really funny to hear you talk about Ben being a bad boy though, too, because he does not seem like a bad boy to me at all. No, he's not now. But Christina, when I first met him, when we were friends, he was like, do you want to see a video of uh, my friend getting a blowjob? Like he was- Really? He loves to be, not as much any, anymore, but he would love to be like just loud and funny and obnoxious and say raunchy things to get attention, I think. Okay. That makes sense. That's funny though. Yeah. Wow. I just cannot believe that you were planning on saving yourself from marriage. That is I something know. I did not know about you. I know that you have really strong Christian values, but it's not something that you express or talk about that often. Mm-mm. So I know that's one of those things. We'll talk about what we do choose to talk about and not talk about on the internet. But yeah, that's so true. I want to know about yours. So for Stevie and I, we dated for about a month before we had sex for the first time. And I am someone who I was telling Ray this earlier. I was like prude as hell. I definitely was raised to like, you let a man wine and dine you and take you out and do all these things. Um, and that's kind of what happened. And I remember like, I think it was like, maybe like after, it was after several, several dates at this point, Steve has already met my family. He took my brother and I to six flags. Like there was a lot of courting going on, but I'll never forget the night it happened because we were hanging out and did you know ahead of time you were going to do it? No, I didn't know ahead of time we were going to do it, but, um, Everything at that, I, at that point, I knew like I was super into him and that like this was going to be a relationship. And then we, we were hanging out and um, his phone rang. He's like, oh, I have to answer it. And it was one of his friends and he answered it. And he's like, oh, what's going on? What's going on, bro? Whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm with my girl right now. And I was just like, panties dropped right then. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. It was like, and you know, Steve's like New York accent and stuff like that. Oh. It was sexy. Y'all. It was. And then, yeah, you were like, it's showtime baby. And then it was just like as sweet and intimate and stuff like that. But definitely, definitely waited for sure. That is you. Oh yeah. You were, you've taught me a lot about dating and knowing your worth and for sure. that's a whole other episode we've got. But. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have to know your worth. A man deserves you to work for you to work for you mm-hmm. a man you know so you don't gotta make it that easy and i will say uh, that was my permanent partner i have definitely made many 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 mis- okay not many 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 but many mistakes in very casual relationships and maybe that's why they didn't go anywhere i gave it up too soon but also sometimes you just have to have fun and let yourself live so whatever you can't be too hard on yourself either very true uh, okay so this is kind of going into another relationship but question but we got asked, my partner told me he's never been attracted to me. I have a bigger but athletic build. What do I do? Get the fuck out. What the hell, girl? You deserve so much better than that. I can't believe you even had the nerve to say that to you. Like, how, I don't know how I would feel if someone would have said that to me. I would be so insecure. I think that it's definitely easy for us to sit here and say, get out. But honestly, 
you need to really evaluate that relationship. I, my ex-boyfriend was in the fitness industry, very, very fit. Health and wellness was everything. And I always had those insecurities already without him even saying anything. He was always very supportive, very like loving of my curvy body, but like those things are already there. And then to have a partner say that is just like unacceptable. Is it bad that part of me feels like that's like almost like, this is going to sound really dramatic, but that almost feels like a way of like manipulating and controlling you. A hundred percent. Yeah. I would definitely evaluate that relationship. Our suggestion is to one, be super honest and be like, Hey, like, I don't feel good about this. And leave his ass. (laughs) And to to leave his ass. Um, Okay. Question number three. How did your mom talk to you about your body when you were growing up? Mm. You know, when you asked me that question, I don't automatically think about how my mom talked to me about my body, but how she talked about her body to herself. And I would always remember her being like, oh, I was so bad today. I ate a cookie or whatever. And and now that I'm older and have educated myself on these things, I realize how big of an impact those little things have. Um, But in our house, it was always definitely... um, it wasn't explicitly taught to love yourself as you are. It was just, I think that generation where we always talked about diets. Oh, let's buy the non-fat version or I was bad today. I ate blank X, Y, Z. 1000% same in my household. It's so weird because food has been such a big factor in my life. Like I have this Greek family. My mom is an amazing chef. She cooks every single meal, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I just, till this day, she'll still say things like, oh my gosh, I put on like eight pounds this week. I'm like, mom, you did not put on eight pounds this week. And my parents have always been so supportive and have been like our biggest hype people. Like growing up, my mom and dad would tell us like on a daily, weekly basis, like you're so beautiful. You could do anything you want to do. And they would always instill that confidence in us. But Mm -hmm. you're so right. Like when you hear someone talking about themselves in that sort of way, it's so easy to like use that and reflect it upon your yourself mm-hmm. and your own body image. And it's just weird because it wasn't just me. I felt like that with all of my Greek friends specifically growing up. And I don't know if it was an ethnic thing, but you know, my aunt, my cousins, like everyone that was older than me, my friends, families, it was like food was so important. Like you needed to eat the gyros and the baklava and like you talked about dinner for breakfast, but then you also like you couldn't gain any weight and you wanted to be super skinny. That's such an interesting dynamic. It's it's screwed up, y'all. I yeah, mean, that's that, right, isn't it? To weird? have food be something that's so ingrained in your family dynamic and your culture, but then also kind of like taboo in a way. Definitely, and I remember specifically, it wasn't like that in Greece because growing up and going to Greece over the summer, I'd see women who were bigger, who are like probably my size now Mm -hmm. when I was younger. And I remember people saying, and it was the Greek American saying, oh my gosh, can you look at her in a bikini? She's so confident. Like, And it was like judging her, but like also kind of appreciating it. But it was such a, in Greece, like the Greek women didn't care. Mm -hmm. They owned their bodies and they loved it, but it it didn't translate to Greek Americans. Did you guys have a scale in your house growing up? Yes, definitely. But I don't really remember going on it that much. I was I was always scared of the scale. You were like, I'm not going near that thing. I was like, even when I would go to the doctors, I'd be like, can my parents leave the room? 
Did you have a scale growing up? My parents always had a scale in their bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know my mom probably weighed herself a lot, but I would weigh myself a lot because it was there. I would go in and I think I put I put so much um value on that number from a very young age. Yeah, you know, when I think I stopped putting value on that number when when I started dating Steve because mm-hmm. I started working out so much and I started losing a lot of weight, but then I started gaining weight from putting so much muscle on. Mm-hmm. And then like he kind of taught me that like weight doesn't really matter because it 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 just mm-hmm. your body is made up of like muscle and fat and like nutrients and all your all of your organs and everything. Like you should not focus on a number. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. My parents definitely still have a scale in their bathroom. Actually, when I go into people's bathrooms and I see a scale, doesn't it kind of feel like you're like transported back to like the 90s or I, early 2000s? I'd be so curious to know how many of our listeners have scales in their bathrooms because I plan to never have one in my house ever. I know. We like, oh. but honestly, as obviously I'm having a baby and as I plan to raise a child, these are all things that like I'm trying to remind myself of, mm-hmm. like how you talk to your body, the relationship you have with yourself, because obviously your kids watch and listen and learn from that. Well, your child is going to have such a good example with you and Steve. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Hopefully. Um, okay. What do you think about promoting obesity, right, Anne? Do you feel like you promote obesity? <sighs> where do where do I even get started on this? I feel like at, on one hand, it's still crazy to me that like this is still being brought up um, because I think we need to get over the fact that you can determine someone's health by looking at their outward appearance because I think it is such a double standard for people to look at someone in a larger body and make assumptions about their health and not do that for someone in a smaller body because there are very skinny people who are slamming Doritos and all of these things that are not healthy for you and it's it's just a double standard in my opinion and i think that the body positive body positive movement the self love movement is not promoting obesity in the slightest absolutely i can agree with that more and also i think that specifically you and i too like more than anything i am trying to promote loving who you are and owning who you are and appreciating who you are and like Yes, so much of that is me being confident in my body as a size 14 woman, but I want that to be taken away from like the weight because mm-hmm. I was way thinner before and I wasn't confident. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's such BS. And I think whoever thinks that like we're promoting obesity is obviously very insecure and needs to look at themselves in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Unhappy people, man. Yeah. Trying to bring other people down. And I think too, it's also um, it has something to say with people feeling so passionately about how other people live their life and how I'm just like, let people do what the fuck they want. Oh my gosh. I always say that to you. I'm like, I am so freaking annoyed of people telling other people what to do. Mm -hmm. If you look at someone and you think that they're promoting obesity, then stop following them. Stop Mm -hmm. reading what they're doing. Stop listening to them Mm -hmm. and mind your own damn business. If you don't like what they're doing, Mm -hmm. stop telling other people how to live their lives. Please. You tell them. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Ray, have you had any cosmetic procedures? Oh, dun, dun, dun. This is such a taboo subject, don't you think? Such a taboo subject. I think we need to do a deep dive on this. 
I really think we should we should do a deep dive on this one. Um, but yes, I have had lip filler, which I have been very open about on my Instagram. Um, but one thing that I have had that I haven't talked about um, because I did it right before quarantine and it just didn't feel, <laughs> felt very, not the right time to be discussing Botox. So I've got Botox and lip filler. Okay. I've had Botox before too, which guys, no one tells Steve because he still doesn't know. Steve doesn't still. <laughs> I swear. This is the only reason why I have not spoken about it online because if someone asks me in person, I just tell them. Yeah. Steve has no freaking idea. Poor guy. I love him so much, but he's ridiculous. And this is just a testament to like it not being noticeable at all that your partner would never even notice. But I got Botox a couple times. Um, I haven't done it in a, a while, obviously, because we were trying to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't do that stuff when you're pregnant or nursing or anything like that. But I'll never forget the last time I was going to do it. I was I told Steve, I was like, Steve, I'm going to get Botox. He's like, no. He's like, no, you're not. He's, like, he's super against all that stuff. He yeah. he honestly will look at a woman who's like 75 with like gray hair, no makeup or whatever, and like think that's beautiful and like doesn't like cosmetic <sighs> procedures. He's just like super against it. So it anyways, just makes me love Steve more and more. Yeah, but it's kind of annoying because I still want to get Botox, like I, to be honest with you. But I, I still did. So yeah. I guess I didn't listen that much. Oh, and I had a breast reduction. Oh my gosh. That's I a, is that cosmetic? That. I guess that's cosmetic. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. I guess. I mean, my chiropractor said I needed it. <laughs> um, is that yeah. true? Your chiropractor told you? Well, that's how I got it covered by insurance. Oh. A chiropractor had to write a letter. But anyway, so I've had a breast reduction as well, which um, was such a good decision, except my scars are a little bit fucked up, which is kind of annoying. So would you do, is there anything else that you'd want to do procedure wise? Um, it's crazy because I'm living in LA. I think I think about it more to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I have also never talked about, but I've talked to you about is my eyelid. Oh my gosh, that's right. I forgot about that. And now I'm regretting saying this because people are going to stare people at People are going to know now. You guys are going to look at me on my Instagram story. I have a condition. I can't remember what it's called, but basically my eyelids are very droopy and one of them moves in a different speed and then the other. And it's made me very self-conscious. So I actually met the plastic surgeon to potentially get that fixed, but I don't know. I think it's I'm overthinking definitely it. definitely something that you would notice. Not other people. Not other people. I've only noticed it because you have pointed it out to me. Do you know what I mean? I would never look at you and notice that. But I, but I think that's what is so confusing about like the whole, about like cosmetic procedures and like the whole self-love journey just in general. Yeah. It's like, you have to do what's best for you, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything else specifically I'd want to do, but I will say that it is very easy to be influenced by seeing people getting other procedures done. Mm -hmm. Because as I scroll through Instagram, especially, I'm like, wow, every single person has lip fillers. Mm -hmm. I I feel like everyone has lip fillers and it's, that's fine, but it starts to make you want to get lip fillers too. Yeah. And someone actually asked me if I had lip fillers, but I know you're just really good overline. I overline the shit out of my lips. And to be honest, that's one thing that like, I am so happy with my decision. I absolutely love my lips now, but I didn't do anything super drastic, but it is one thing that I still am kind of like trying to learn about and think about. And maybe my opinion will change on it down the road, but I do think it is an interesting thing to talk about with, you know, in influencing other women to maybe feel like they need that has been 
kind of one thing I've battled with. But Oh, I didn't mean to make you feel bad about that. Oh my God. No, no, no. You didn't. But but I, I will say though, like as just someone who wa- sees other people, yeah. I've definitely, I don't think I felt bad about myself seeing other people's lips. That makes you want it. But it makes me feel like other people look sometimes cooler with them. Mm. There's definitely an Instagram face. You know what I mean? There is an Instagram face for sure. And when you see people's like before and afters, you're like, oh, do I need that? And I I don't think I do. And I I don't think I would ever do it. And I think it's fine if you want to, but it is, it is interesting to see how you can get influenced by other Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. to want cosmetic procedures. I mean, if you think about the images are in our face every single day. No you know matter. what? I, yeah, exactly. You know what? One thing I was thinking about in the beginning of quarantine, I came across this page and I definitely shared it on my Instagram because I was like so disgusted by it. Do you remember what this was? Is this the beauty face thing? No, it was about this woman who is a plastic surgeon and pretty much was like, your face doesn't matter as much anymore because of COVID. We're all going to be wearing masks. So you need to start getting a liposuction for your body. I remember that. I was livid i was like who is this bitch trying to like make everyone feel insecure about their body to like sell some procedures yeah she literally was like you're gonna be wearing a mask so don't worry about your face this is the time to like focus on fixing your body with liposuction and all that stuff i remember that that was how ridiculous is that (sighs) wow Okay, I think we're going to have to do another deep dive on cosmetic procedures too and talk yes. about that. And I'd love to know what you guys think too because I think that's something that I struggle with is like, I, or what makes it so taboo in the body positive and self-love space as like wanting to change your body mm-hmm. while also promoting loving it and loving yourself for who you are. Well, this is one thing that, this is kind of going off topic, but I recently have, I think I'm kind of straying away from being like, I love my body. I love everything about it because I think sometimes it's okay to just be okay with parts of it because um, this, this time has really kind of shaken my confidence a little bit to be totally honest. And I have heard a lot of women in our space talking about this um, being like, okay. And just kind of accepting yourself and not feeling like you need to scream from the rooftops how much you love it, which honestly has really helped me as my confidence is evolving because it's always going to be evolving with as our life changes, you know. 1,000%. Mm-hmm. I feel like confidence is such a journey and you're forever on it. Mm-hmm. You can be confident in your body, confident in your relationships, confident in your personal life and your careers and and all of that. You know, there's so much to unpack. Yeah. Ooh. I said your favorite word. My favorite term. Let's (laughs) unpack that. Um, All right, you guys. I hope that you enjoyed this first little teaser episode for you. We have so many good guests coming up. So our next few episodes, we have Ashley Iconetti on. We have Sarah from the Birds Papaya. Kelly Brown. We have so many good guests. And I hope you stay tuned. And then obviously, we're always a DM away. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us.